I'm just so tired. I can't keep going. Nonsense. You've got a lot more power than that. Never give up. But I can't. It's too hard. Life is hard. That is true. But I promise you, if you keep going, you will reach your next breakthrough. <laughs> You're right. I've done it before. I can do it again. That's the spirit. Now again, with all your might. S-A-M-I-R-Y-E. It's Sammy Rye here with another one of those podcasts with Sammy Rye. Episode 100, 100 weeks of podcast. Thank you guys so much for sticking with me. I appreciate it. The Sammy Rye Syndicate, everyone is supporting me this entire time. I'm excited. 100 episodes down, and who knows how many, an infinite amount of episodes left to go. We're going to keep doing this till the wheels fall off. A legendary episode. We got a legendary guest, my friend Charles, but you know him as Charlie Hakeem. You can find him on Instagram at C H A R L I E H A K E E M. Charlie Hakeem on Instagram. Add him, follow his socials. This is a person I've known for a very long time. We've tried to do an episode together for a very long time. He's a very busy guy, a creative guy, a nice guy, a family guy. Love this guy. Always been nice. I've known him for several years. And he's, he's someone I've seen in real time being successful in business. He constantly inspires me. Follow his socials for positive inspiration and motivation, education. So many good things come from this man. And I'm so excited. We got to sit down and do the 100th episode together. It's been a monumental week for me. I hope you guys are having a great week. I hope you guys are enjoying the energy. I love you so much. We're going to do the commercial first. Get that out the way, and then an uninterrupted hour-long sit-down with me and Charles. We're going to talk about real estate. We're going to talk about trials and tribulations, failure, success, how to get back, how do you do it. We're going to have Song of the Week and Movie of the Week right inside the episode, so no skipping around. Just don't touch your dials. Relax. And if you've made it this far and you're here for episode 100, thank you so much. I hope you guys are appreciating this and enjoying this as much as I'm appreciating you guys being here with me. I'm Sammy Rye. Let's go. Welcome, everybody, to the 100th episode of the podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'm joined by a very special friend. This guest I've been trying to get on the show for almost two years. We've had so many different chances to talk and, and, and meet up, but we couldn't sync up at the same time. You guys have asked for him a lot. Thank you so much for joining the show. show. Uh, go ahead, Charles. How you doing? Hey, I'm good. I'm good. Can I say real quick? I just I feel terrible that it's been two years. <laughs> it really makes you sound like a terrible person. <laughs> no, it's not just you. I mean, we both have done this. I know I've had times where I could do it, times I couldn't do it. Yeah. Um, I remember last time we were talking. I remember I had like my old car, and oh, uh, wow. we got into a great conversation about that. And then I remember I had some car trouble for a while, and that was taking up a big part of my life. Yeah. So it's just you know syncing up COVID. So many things happen, but yeah. we persevere. 100 weeks later we are here i really appreciate it no awesome man no, no i definitely it's just something i've been wanting to do for a while you know we talked probably like four or five times we could have done some podcast uh with, with the conversations that we had before which is crazy um yeah but you know man I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be here you know really glad that you're doing this really proud of you man i know we you know we talked about this way 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 in the past about you doing you know your podcast so i'm really really happy that you're doing it and i'm glad to be here man thank you Thank you so much, man. And that's the thing, you know, I've known you for such a long time now. And that's one of the special things about you in my, in my life personally, from my perspective, 
you know, knowing you coming into, you know, we worked together and seeing you start, start at the job and then watching you over those years, you know, as a, as a young entrepreneur, seeing you do things, there's a lot of people who talk about things and don't get around to doing them. Hmm. And I feel like you're one of the only people I've seen that I can see success as it's happening. So, you know, a lot of times someone writes the book and you get to read about it as they're retiring, but watching hmm. you grow over the years has just been such a treat. And you've always been so supportive to me and my family and my wife, you know, you come out to help us with things. So I've always, I really, really appreciate you and all your energy, man. So thank you so much for doing this. Thank you, man. No, that means, that definitely means a lot. You know, I think, um, yeah, that's, that's been a big thing for me in general. Um, you know, with any, with anything I start, I try to make sure I'm putting, putting my all into it, putting, you know, putting the work in, um, you know, to see the, the, the fruits of it. So no, I definitely appreciate that. No, yeah, again, man, I appreciate you. You know, so for anyone who doesn't know, he doesn't know the backstory to this. You know, I, I started my job. I work in computer engineering. And basically, when I met Charles, we both work at the same company. And how I would tell the story, I guess, is, you know, when I met Charles, you know, one of the unique things about him and in, in our industry, a lot of people come into our job and it's a bit dog eat dog. They kind of throw a bunch of contractors in there and then you see like who survives. And one of the unique things about Charles was there was an opportunity to, I think, go knock on a door a manager like step up and say what they want to do and you were one of the first people if not the first people to do that yeah and it, I think it took a courage it took a bravery especially when you're coming into a new environment you're younger than me um, and there's a lot more people that I say will say older or maybe people might think more mature that were afraid to make those leaps and try those things and you tried it and I watched you do it and they, they challenged you and you had success in that yeah um, and I think some people would just rest on that and say, oh, look, I did this one thing, but I've seen you do lots of other things over time. I mean, I know you do things in real estate. I, I love yeah. the things you do in the video space on social media. Um, yeah. So there's just so many things I've seen you do and be successful at it. That's why I think like, you know, if I could sit down with one person for the hundredth episode, um, it definitely would have to be Charles. So again, I have to use, I'm so happy that you're here. <laughs> no, thank you, man. No, it's, it, it's, it's a crazy story uh, because that's pretty much how it happened. I remember I, you know, we, I talked to one of our, our mutual supervisors and I was like, Hey, what do I have to do to, to kind of like, you know, excel and, and, and move up. And at the time it was just to, you know, just to transition from being a contractor to being a full-time employee. Cause I'm like, yeah, I want those benefits. And, you know, I kind of want some of the job security that comes with it, you know? And so I performed, reached out to the manager and they were like, Hey, this is the person who's in charge of, you know, another group, but you know, our group is going to do X, Y, Z. What do you want to do? I was like, well, if I'm being honest, I don't want to do this at all. I want to do what they do. And he was like, oh, sure. Well, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, I'll, I'll set up a formal conversation for you to talk to them. Uh, and I was like, yeah, sure. That sounds great. What office are they in? And so, you know, right after that meeting, if you can tell, I went straight to the door, knocked on it. I was like, hey, we're going to have a conversation in the future, but I just wanted to introduce myself um, because I'd love to work with you guys and, and work on your team. And so he was like, yo, who, who, who are you? <laughs> you know, it was one of those moments of like, oh, wow, you got some, you got some gumption. You got your kids got some, got some spunk or, you know, whatever they say these days. And, uh, yeah, man, yeah. No, it was it was cool. It was cool. So I would say that, like, that, let's start there, right? Because if you're young and you're listening to this, or maybe you're out there and you're older and you're looking for a fresh start, you know, that quiet moment that we all have as an individual, for you, when you're sitting there and you, you, you're you told, you know, go back to your desk, we'll set up in a meet in the future, kind of like we'll call you, but then you decide, 
I'm going to take initiative. I'm going to go knock on this door. And you don't know how people are going to react. And right there is that moment of nerves, I think, for a mm-hmm. lot of people when they're trying to make the decision. Where do you think that comes from for you? Is it something you think you were born with and you always had? Or were you credited to like a book or a person in your life that taught you these things? Where do you think that comes from in your life? Yes. That's a really good question. I would think for me, it comes from a few different places. Okay. Um, you know, I would say first and foremost, you know, my mom, um, awesome. the, the kind of personality that she had was one, you know, where, you know, so as a kid, you know, I, you know, obviously growing up, we all deal with our own insecurities or we deal with, you know, not necessarily, you know, appreciating who we are. Right. Yeah. But one thing I always got from my mom, at least, was there was this this real like feeling of like love. Um, you know, I, I got older, I realized that it was you know usually referred to as like, um, what's the word like? Um, like there's there's a type of uh, of course of course I miss the words right now, but it's that kind of sure. like sacrificial you know over the top. No matter what happens, I'll love you kind of love, right? Okay. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So, but when you feel that though, right, what starts to happen, what happened for me was like, you know, I started to feel that about myself, right. Where I was like, you know, I love, I love who I am. I love me. I love everything about me. Right. And so with that, there kind of came this, you know, a little bit of confidence that came from that, you know, confidence from the way we, you know, just treated each other. I think, you know, growing up with my siblings, um, you know, I've always felt like we had that kind of just, we had what we needed in, in, amongst ourselves. Right. And so, yeah. you know, kind of going out into the world, I always was like, well, I'm going to do what, what I want to do. Right. Like we, <laughs> we, were, we were taught, obviously, you know, life isn't fair, all the, all the important things to make sure you're not like overly entitled. And I think, you know, being respectful and kind is, you know, kind of goes a long way, you know, but in that conversation, you know, when I reached out, I was like, Hey, you know, here's, here's who I am. Thank you for your time, because I recognize that, you know, if anyone's going to give you an opportunity, um, you know, they don't have to. Right. Yeah. And so in, in that request, you know, one thing that was important to me was to make sure that, you know, I expressed to them, hey, I'm I'm appreciative of the opportunity and I'm and I'm respectful of your time. Right. And I just want to say that, you know, I would love to 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 have the chance to do this thing. Um, you know, and so I think combining all that, combining the hard work, you know, putting the work in, you know, making smart decisions that that, I'd say that helped. And, you know, and I love that, you know, one of the notes I had down, I wanted to ask you was say how, say, Hey, you know, can you tell me besides all the success you've had over the years, why are you such a friendly person? (laughs) That's that's one of the first questions I had wrote down for you. And I, and I think that's great because a lot of people have misconceptions when it comes to, you know, succeeding in business Mm -hmm. that you have to somehow be cutthroat or you have to backstab people. And I've seen you be successful, but one that I think the defining characteristics, if I was describe you is that you're extremely kind and nice and like that's that's around the clock i never i never found you talking bad behind people's back i've never found you Mm. you know being vindictive you're you're constantly nice to people and that's (laughs) after knowing you for like i think six years or something like that right so i mean would you credit that i guess also to to your family and stuff and your upbringing yeah i mean i have to i have to that's kind of who my mom was right my mom always represented a person who like i saw her go through stuff and i saw her actively choose the higher road, right? Which it's easy not to, right? It's easy yeah. to talk about someone, but I think for us, you know, so I'm, I'm Muslim. So growing up, um, what was really important for our family were just, you know, certain, 
specific, what we would call like a sunnah or a tradition of the Prophet Muhammad. So so those things are really important, right? So in business, one of the things that for me always stood as like kind of my core value. Um, So there's a hadith or or a saying from the Prophet where he said that, you know, um, that the tajir, the business person, al-ameen, who's trustworthy, um, as-saduq, who's honest, right? No matter what, no matter the scenario, um, you know, has the rank or is like a martyr, right? And so for us, you know, being a martyr, like, you know, working hard towards being the best person that you can be is huge for us, right? Um, yeah. And so even if you end up like, like they say, like, you know, like sacrificing your life in the path towards being a good person, um, you, you know, you kind of have that same, you get that same reward on the other side. So it's been, it's kind of, you know, without going too deep into the religious side of it, I think for us, it's always been important to, you know, represent those values no matter what. Right. And so I'm like, you know, it's, you know, I remember one of my mentors actually was like, you know, as he's been in his business and he, you know, multimillionaire, really successful, you know, and he was like, you know, there, there's certain tests that life will throw at you, especially in this space, especially as someone who, you know, who has these values. And so it's like the, this is the, the proving ground to show, you know, whether that's who you really are or if there's still work you need to do. No, that's that's great. I mean, that, that to me brings to mind, you know, the idea that, you know, when people start out in business or they start out in any pursuit, they should ground themselves in something, you know, and I've heard people say that, like, you know, find out what your why is, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, and I remember that old, that old song I used to remember here on the radio, like, uh, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Right. And I think True. that kind of thing is like, you know, having principles, understanding this is what you want to do. Um, I even really think, think of Dave Chappelle, who I believe is also Muslim. I think you actually taught mm-hmm. me that. Um, um, where he used to say that his father taught him, you know, you know, name your price before you mm-hmm. go in. You know, what are you willing to do? What are you willing to sacrifice? And what is mm-hmm. what is too far? Um, and we all know that he's had great success, and you know, he's made decisions that people didn't initially understand. Mm-hmm. That obviously he felt like he had to make. You know, so I think that's that's great to you know tell a younger person or tell someone who's starting out in any new endeavor, hey, you know, plant your feet understand what it is you want to do, what you're willing to sacrifice and what you're not willing to do because you're going to have to live with those decisions down the road. And I feel like a lot of younger people sometimes think, ah, whatever, I'll just do any crazy thing and let's see what happens. Mm. And then we see time and time again, that usually leads to a really bad consequence that that person unfortunately has to live with, you know, long-term. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, the result of your choices, Um, you know, whether things work out the way you wanted them to or not, you know, the test is always, you know, your, your character and who you are. Um, and so I think if you prioritize, you know, being, being the kind of person that you, you know, that you would want to deal with, right. Um, it, it, it goes, it goes so far, man, because not only do you build trust, um, but you become someone that people want to be around that people want to talk to people, want to reach out to you. People want to have those relationships with you. You know, and so, you know, you, you want to make sure obviously it's authentic and it's organic. So you don't necessarily, you know, look for reciprocity. Like, oh, I ha- I'm going to be this good person because other people are going to do these things for me. You know, but one thing that comes up for me a lot when I was younger, I would say to myself, you know, well, two things. I say, one, you know, what kind of person do I want to interact with? Right. Like what yeah. kind of friend would I want to have? Right. What kind of qualities would they have? You know, who would they be? All that kind of stuff. And so I was like, well, if that's my idea of, of you know, what a good person is, then let, let me be that not only for myself, but for other people as well. Um, you know, but one, the other thing that I would use, I used to say to myself a lot, you know, would be, <clears throat> you know, in five 
or six years from now, right? The the Hassan or Charlie in the future, right? This person who's like, now I'm like, I'm 31. So 36 year old me, right? Will he look back to today, to who I am right now and be grateful and thankful for who I was now, for the choices that I made, for the the sacrifices I made, the things that I did, the work that I put in, or would he be disappointed, right? Or Mm. would he have to work harder because I didn't work now, right? Like what position am I putting my future self into? Right. Well, they, you know, yeah. They, yeah, I mean, and so it's like that, that was a huge thing for me because, you know, I, I always wanted to change the conversation. Right. And so that for me is an idea of so like, let's say right now or 10 years mm-hmm. ago, right. When, when we first met, great example, when we first yeah. met, our conversations were about, you know, you know, transitioning into becoming a full-time employee. Right. Um, yeah. They were about, you know, you know, moving from, you know, maybe an hourly to a salary position, you know, maybe it was, you know, you know, buying our first house or buying our first this. And it's like, you know, what I didn't want to happen was to meet up all these years later and that still be the conversation. Right. Man, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm still trying to figure out how to do that thing. Right. I know people in my life who, you know, 10 years later and they're in the same place. Yeah, I hear you. And I mean, that's amazing. I mean, because you think about that, I mean, like this is a little time capsule for us, right? Which I always tell people about the podcast and why I think everyone should do a podcast is so like, look at that, right? So six years later on this episode of the podcast, we can we can have a clear, a a different mark. I can say, I saw you and mission accomplished. You're, You're five years in the future, Charles. You have all this new success, right? When you started out, you were a contractor coming in new. Now you're a full-time employee. Plus you have other business ventures that you're doing that you're successful in. I know you own properties. So like all those things did happen. So five years later, here we are, right? Yeah. And I want to also add in there that there was a lot of failure, right, in that process. <laughs> well, of course, too. of course, yeah. You know, and I, I think sometimes, you know, because it. So one thing that can happen for me, right? So let's say, you know, when when we focus on the success, right, and it's like, mm-hmm. man, that guy, you know, did all this, and it was so amazing, and you know, I really wish I, you know, could do that same thing. Because there are people that I look at like that, right, where I'm like, man, that guy, look at him, it's it's crazy, it's you know how you know how well things have gone. It's really important, like we said, in terms of grounding that conversation. For me, it's been so important to have the conversation about like, well, what didn't go well, right? Like what that's great. What yeah. didn't work out, right? So it's like, so for example, with that job transition, I ended up in a group that was great and I got moved over to this group over here and then things didn't go great, right? For like <laughs> a solid year, man, it was tough. And so I'm like, you know, I'm trying to like learn quickly and transition and move and this, that, and the third. And so, you know, but the, the, the biggest takeaway for me, you know, was that you don't give up because oh, yeah. you know, had I have given up in that moment when things weren't going well, that I would have clocked that as a failure. Right. Yeah. But a year later and teams transitioned, you know, with a manager who I work much better with and we were able to build something together where it's like, Hey, now you have a clear career path. Right. And so it was like, but if I gave up at any moment in that, in that time from step one to, you know, step four, step five, then that would have been, we would, you know, we'd call that failure. Like, Oh man, it didn't work out, you know? And it's like, yeah. 
And it's like, for me, that's always been the differential, right? Like with the real estate, for example, I don't know if I told you, you know, we, on our very first project, it was a major renovation and it was the first we'd ever done. Right. So we took a single family house and, you know, did a full gut rehab, you know, took it all the way down to the studs and rebuilt it back into a duplex. Right. Uh But our first contractor, uh, I came to the house one day to check on the property and see how the progress was going. And this is like in the early stages when he had just finished, um, you know, doing the demo for it. And though it's a row home in Philadelphia to give context, but the whole back wall of the house was gone. Oh, wow. Like he ripped off the entire back wall of the house. Not only did he do that, he didn't pull permits from the city. Um, so we got like our neighbor, like some neighbor in the, in, in the area reported us, right? Like these guys are over here doing the most. I think they reported like we were, we were trying to build like an eight unit or something, something crazy to get the city to come out. We got slapped with a stop work order, um, a fine, all that kind of stuff. I reached out to him. I was like, Hey, why didn't you pull the permits? And then he was like, well, this guy was supposed to pull the permits. And then that guy was like, nah, he never talked to me. Right. And, you know, so now, and then he's asking for his money. And so now we're stuck. We have a fine. We can't continue working. Like that was hard. Right. Yeah. If we had stopped right then and there and been like, oh man, real estate doesn't work. You know, this, this sucks. You know, this is too hard. This is too crazy. We'd have never gotten to the point where, you know, we ended up finding another contractor to work with who was, who had dealt with that kind of situation before and who helped walk us through the process. And, we ended up finishing the project. It took, instead of the six months we intended, it took like a year, right? Oh, wow. After it was finally said and done, now it rents out, right? And now yeah. we can say we, we've we been through it. Now we have the experience from all that craziness. And now, you know, we know better how to handle that situation. So on the next project that we do, you know, we can avoid a lot of those pitfalls. <laughs> Oh yeah, I mean I I hear you man and that's and that's great that's a great point to make. I mean that's my 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 youngest daughter, you know, what the first thing I was teaching her, I made a list of like four things now. Is it we're at, we're about four things. Mm-hmm. The first thing on that list was never give up. It's something we talk about daily, it's something where I'm walking to school, I say, "Hey, let's go through our list." And it's something I always wanted to instill in her. Number one is never give up. Um I think that is one of the most important ways that you make it anywhere in life. And I I feel like I've come across lots of people unfortunately who I think still have tremendous talent and they just stopped at some point. And, mm-hmm. um, and I'm like, yeah, that's, that's not the way to go. And I always encourage them and hope that anybody I come across, whatever you're out there pursuing, you know, you get back at it, you try again. Um, and, you know, you, you, you keep on going. That's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and so I guess talking about real estate, like you said, before we get into more of the success stories and things that worked out great, what would you recommend to someone who's just starting out? Either they're young and they have no, no assets, or maybe they're older and they have some money. What do you think some of the pitfalls are that you see other people make in real estate or any kind of business venture really you want to talk about? But definitely in the real estate space, I know a lot of people say, I want to do real estate and they have a lot of struggles. So what do you think the common problems are people run into or that you you might have ran into yourself? And what did you learn from that? Yeah. So I would say, so the way that we approached it, right. Um, my wife and I, we started listening to podcasts early on, right? So before we did our first real estate deal, we probably listened to, you know, probably for almost like two years. Right. And so every okay. day we're, we're listening to something and then they're recommending books. So we, the, the way we tried to approach it was, you know, this is a, it's, it's a road well-traveled. 
right? If you're building, let's say you're starting your own business and it's a product that's unique that only you know how to make, that's going to have a different path, right? Yeah. You, you can probably find other businesses that are similar that you can learn from, but that's a very unique path. You're going to have to figure that out. It might take you five, seven years to really, you know, get it to where you want it to be. But with real estate, it's a clear cut path that people have been doing for forever, right? Okay. You, know, you find a property, um, you find something that has value that you can add to it or you can get from it in that deal. You find that transaction and you make that move, right? The hardest part though is knowing how to identify that, knowing what that path looks like. But it's, it's in books, it's in podcasts, it's in people's experience, it's talking to someone who's been down that road. Like the pitfalls are pretty much all the same. It's rare that you'll find something in real estate that someone else hasn't already been through. Um, you know, so that's kind one of one of the advantages of, of doing something that's so clear cut, right? Where it's like, hey, I do one, two, three. You don't have to really think too much about it, right? But the biggest thing, um, I would say knowledge and information, right? Okay. That's one. Learn as much as you can. Um, as fast as you can to, can you hear that? A little bit. Yeah. It's a okay. big deal. Okay. Well, sorry. Um, yeah. So knowledge and information as much as you can, you know, two, I would say, um, if you can connect with other people who are in that same space, trying to do the same thing, having a community, having people around you who share that space, who are what I would say in the arena Having yeah. that's so important because I can't tell you how many times, especially when we first started, you know, someone, you know, might bring it up with a family member or a cousin, something like that. And they're like, oh man, you know, oh, real estate is so dangerous. Real estate is so hard or it's so, you know, so difficult. And I'm like, what happened with you? And they're like, oh man, back in 2008, I'm like 2008, <laughs> like you went through a crash. Like they're like, oh yeah, things, things fell apart and I never got back into it. And you know, or they have this horror story or that horror story. And essentially the story is always something challenging happened and they quit. Yeah. And then they encourage you to do the same thing, right? They're That's like, something challenging might happen for you, so you should quit. Yeah. Right. And it's like, well, that's not, that's not what I believe in. So, but having the right people though, cause sometimes that, you know, that can affect you, right? Even when, you know, whether you recognize it or not, but having the right people around you, I remember, you know, when we came across a, you know, a major issue, like the wall, for example, being torn down, I reached out to my group. So I started the mastermind group and I told them what happened and they were like, man, that's crazy. How are you going to figure it out? Yeah. Different kind of energy and vibe. <laughs> totally different approach. They were like, we know that you have the, the strength and capacity to figure it out. So how, what are you going to do? Like, we, So we started shopping it, right? It was like, oh, well, you know, we can do this and we can do that. And we can come up with a way to, you know, you know, we can maybe, maybe on the back end, because it's going to be more expensive, the holding costs are going to be a little bit higher. Maybe we look at, you know, furnishing these rentals rather than having a standard rental so that they rent a little bit higher. Right. And so it's like, you know, strategies like that are so important, but if we didn't know that, and if we weren't, you know, around people who had, you know, similar experiences or who were doing the same thing, you know, that might've affected us differently. And then, you know, I would say, I would say lastly, um, in terms of just, you know, identifying your strategy, right. So you, there's so many different ways you can get involved in real estate. You know, you can become a, a wholesaler. So that's someone who, you know, is, you know, finding a property, 
that maybe has some value or that, you know, uh, uh, you know, a, an investor would want to buy finding it, getting it under contract, right? So, and then reassigning that contract. So let's say you find a house that is normally selling for a hundred thousand, maybe investors are buying, it's a three bedroom, one bathroom in a nice area. And it's a hundred thousand is what they're, what they're buying it for, right? They know they can renovate it and it'll be worth, you know, a lot more than that. Okay. Um, but you find someone, you know, who has a house and who wants to sell and maybe you can get it under contract with them for 90,000, right? So you get it for 90,000, you reassign that contract to, you know, an investor for a hundred thousand and, you know, you know, and this is really simplifying it, but you know, you basically keep the split, right? So you get that 10,000 yourself, right? This involves yeah. a lot of, but this, it, it's hard work because you have to find sellers. So you have to reach out to people. You can cold call, you can, you know, do, you, know, you can set up a calling system. You can, you know, door knocks, you can go knock on doors. There's so many ways you can connect to them, but that's one strategy that a lot of investors have used to get into the market, right? Because it also yeah. helps you start to identify properties and identify values. And then when you go to, you know, find a, a buyer for it, you know, if they know what they're talking about, then they'll also validate, you know, your uh, valuation. They'll say, no, it is actually worth a hundred thousand. That, that makes sense. I'll buy it from you for that price. All right. So yeah, if you look at that there, then we have three, three key points there you're talking about. First you're talking about, you know, the knowledge then you're talking about networking, you know, getting around like-minded people and then defining the strategy. So if we start with like that number one there, what would be the podcast that you'd recommend and maybe any books you picked up over the years where people, you say, Hey, look, this is start studying and start doing your homework. What are some of the places you would send people? Yeah. So I would say we listen to the bigger pockets podcast. Okay. Um, that was really great. We also listened to, or me separately from that, I listened to um, Earn Your Leisure. Um, EYL, that's a, that's a great group out of, uh, where are they from? They're from I won't say they're from New York. Uh, really great guys. They have a, their platform doesn't just talk about real estate. They're really about wealth building across the board. So you can kind of get people who do everything. Um, yeah. But then also I kind of took advantage, I leveraged social media. So there are a bunch of guys and gals in, 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 in our area. So I'm like the the general Philadelphia, New Jersey area who invests. And so I found people who did that in these areas. So, you know, like your Aisha Seldon's, your, uh, your Doug Depp's, you know, people in these, in these, in these areas who've been doing it for a while. So found them, followed them. Uh, and in some cases you might be able to find, you know, a local investor who's, you know, smaller time, right? So maybe they only have, they only have a few projects and they only have a few followers, you know, I would reach out and I would connect to people like that. Right. And then you can actually like ask questions and learn and, and engage. Um, so I did a lot of that. Um, was that, does that answer your question? Do you have another part of the question that I missed? No. Yeah. I mean, and that, I mean, any other kind of books and stuff or anything that you think you oh, say, yeah. Hey, look, you gotta do the homework, you know? Yeah. So a book, so there's a bunch that I would recommend. Right. So I think I started out as a kid, I was reading. So I listened to the greatest secret, um, and I, I won't, I won't spoil what the secret is. Um, but yeah. it's a guy, Earl Nightingale. If you, you know, if you go on YouTube and just type in the greatest secret, um, that's a, that's kind of a, there's a book for it too, but that just kind of helps, um, transition your mindset. I think mindset is a huge piece in terms of, you know, cause you have to get to the point where you're someone who will you know be persistent and continue. Um, so mindset, shifting your mindset is huge. So another book that helps with shifting your mindset, um, was rich dad, poor dad. 
Um, okay, yeah. That was a good book in that space. I listened to, so I used to read a lot of Napoleon Hill. So, um, The Laws of Success, you know, um, what else did he have? Uh, Think and Grow Rich. Um, so we listened. I used to read a lot of those books growing up, which is kind of weird to say, but yeah, as a kid, I would read those books. Um, I mean, well, that just goes to show you, like you, you've had this ambition for a long time. You long had that thing inside of you. Yeah, yeah. You've been, you've been putting time into it. Oh yeah. And then another one I would always recommend is the richest man in Babylon. That that's a okay. really good, it's a weird read because it's written in like this old English format. Um, yeah. but if you can get past that then that's a really good book. So then when it comes down to networking, I know you mentioned to me before that you have an investment group. Is that something that you would tell people about that that's going to be a place they could start if they don't know where to start when it comes to networking? So, so two things I would say, one, just go out and meet people in that space, go to meetups. Um, we actually have a meetup that we do in the tri-state area. So, you know, I would say find meetups, you know, go connect with people first. Um, and then, you know, identify the qualities that are important, right? So identify people that you see working hard, people that you see um, that are kind of pushing, that are consistent. Um, and then, you know, build with them, right? So that's what I did. So we met, uh, my wife and I met someone, uh, you know, off of the, the so Bigger Pockets podcast, they have a forum as well online. Um, so we met someone through the forums, reached out to them, they invested in our area, um, you know, quick phone call, text, they're like, oh yeah, come over. So we went to the house, saw the work that he was doing, saw the effort he was putting into it. You know, and then he was like, hey, let's, you know, we should, we, we should like connect with more people like us. And so I'm like, yeah, that's the same energy that I'm on. So I look for people who have the same type of energy that I do. Um, yeah. It's, you know, it, it might be a cheat code. So I've like, I've ran groups before, I've led teams before. And yeah. so there are certain qualities that I see in people who, I don't want to call it magnetic, but people who pull other people into their space, right? Um, As you're saying. And people who generally, uh, you know, offer more than they try to take, right? So I yeah. look for qualities like that, right? So this guy, we just met him, never seen him before, but he's, you know, giving out game. He's telling us all his, all of his tricks and trades, all of his secrets, all that kind of stuff. So um, we started to meet more people like that. And then I said to them, hey, can we... What if we can what if we come together and start our own mastermind? And the funny thing was each of them said, oh man, I had tried to do that before. <laughs> and so I'm like, yeah, I know. I, I'm like, I can tell you have that, you have that in you where I'm, I know that you're someone who tried to do this before. So I'm like, so let's, let's do this together amongst ourselves. And so we've been doing that. We started that in 2019. Um, so it's been, it's been, it's been a few years now. No, that's, that's great, man. And I guess, um, you know, one of the last things that we, that I would think to mention, you know, when it comes to this kind of stuff is, you know, I like you talk about the trials and the tribulations of it, you know, the success and the failures, you know, how do you keep going? Cause I know like it's easy to say five years, six years, or like you said, some of the stuff you've been doing since your childhood, you know, and never giving up is a great, a great concept for people. But when, when you're feeling down, when things are rough or whatever, how do you re re-energize? How do you recharge those batteries? Oh, so there's, there's kind of a lot in that space. I think uh, I try to separate out, um, motivation from discipline, from processes for recharging. So for me, I think one, one aspect that's huge motivation is, is important. It's not, you know, it's not the key piece because, you know, yeah. motivation can only get you, but so far, but motivation exactly. is nice, right? So it's like, 
But what I try to do with motivation, I try to like hack it, right? So I'm like, what things continue to motivate me, right? So I'll, you know, so for example, social media, right? So I don't look at people who are uber successful, right? I look at people okay. who are offering education, right? I look at people who are offering information that I'll read or see that'll get me going again, right? So I'll listen yeah. to someone. Or So if you, if you go through my feed, it's either that or it's something funny, right? Because I'm like, if I laugh at something, it instantly relieves stress and pressure, right? Oh, that's a good point. It's, yeah. it's hard not to. So it's it's funny stuff or it's stuff that is going to help me learn something so I can grow, right? So that's one for motivation. I would say, secondly, for me, has been discipline. Um, yeah. You know, so discipline are, you know, things that are important but challenging that if I remain consistent at, I overall am achieving goals, if you're achieving those goals, it makes it easier to continue achieving goals. That's just my opinion, right? Yeah. So I've been doing cold showers for years, right? Okay. Um, and that's been the thing where it's like, it sucks, it's hard. Um, but if you do it, you now become someone who is willing to do hard things. Right? That's what you're saying. And so yeah. I'm like, if I'm that person, then I know that other challenges aren't going to be nearly as hard because I have a practice of doing hard things, right? And yeah. same for like exercise, same for, you know, going for a walk, same for, for me, like, so I'm Muslim, so making sure I'm praying on time. Right. So we have five prayers that we have to pray every day. And so it's like, it's easy to, so they, they have times that they come in and times that they go out. Right. And so it's easy to say, oh, the prayer just came in. Ah, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll pray later. I'll pray later. But it's like, no, just pray now, pray on time, be someone who does that. Um, and that just makes it a lot easier. But in terms of recharging, I think, so for me, I'm, I'm introverted, right? Yeah. So what I generally need to do to recharge is just kind of spend time by myself, um, you know, or spend time with like my loved ones. So I'll take a moment and spend, you know, sit down with the wife. We'll just hang out, just not talk about business because she's also my business partner. <laughs> so <laughs> a lot of our conversations are about, you know, our business or building our business, things like that. But sometimes we'll just, you know, sit, hang out, we'll reminisce. Um, you know, we'll remember where we came from, remember, you know, how things, you know, why we got into this was, and, and so I'll, I'll kind of get back to that in a second, but, you know, we, we remember like why we got into it, you know, what, what this all means to us or, you know, especially now you know, I'm a father. So I'll spend time with my daughter and just look at her and it kind of helps, you know, but besides that, I'll just chill. I'll go for a run or I'll just sit back and watch an anime, right. Do something that kind of takes my mind off of the, 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 the work for a little bit. That, that's great, man. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's a good point there to, you know, do the the music of the week, which is one of the fun segments we get to do on the podcast that people really responding to. And I know I got a chance to ask you to think about maybe some music that you like um, and then we can even do movie of the week back to back. Right. So mm -hmm. looking at the stuff that you said in your social, you might have some funny things there or things that are educational. Um, so what gets you going? What's your what's the music that you listen to or what would you recommend to everybody out there listening for the music of the week? Yeah. So, so for music, so it's interesting, right? So I think I told you, so I have a few different things, right? Yeah. And, 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 and especially now that we were talking, I'm kind of like thinking about some of the things that, that, that motivate me. Right. So in terms of what motivates me, um, there was a rapper, uh, out of California passed away a couple of years ago. Uh, his name was Nipsey Hussle and his music, man, it, I related to it, not just because of, you know, the things that he was saying in the songs, but because of who he was outside of the music, right? To be someone yeah. coming from the neighborhood, to be someone who, 
you know, wanted to lift himself up out of that situation, but also to help other people around him. Right. Yeah. One of the, one of the things that he said, I remember it was, it was in a podcast about not giving up, you know, he was like, you know, I'm not going to position myself to be some type of stoic character. Like I, like I always knew, or I just knew it would work out. He was like, what, well, you know, what made the difference was that he just didn't give up. He just didn't quit. Yeah. Right. And then that for him was like the difference. So I'll listen to that kind of music and that just, it, it, it puts me in that mindset of like, bro, don't, don't give up, keep going. You know, there's something on the other side that you're working towards. Um, so I'll listen to that, but especially lately <laughs> I've been listening to, because I have a daughter, I've been listening to uh Dawood Warnsby. Um, what was that again? Dawood Warnsby. Okay. So don't ask me to spell his last name, but the first name <laughs> uh, is D-A-W-U-D. Okay. Um, and so his music is more what you would want. So it's like, it's almost, it's not, I wouldn't call it nursery rhymes, but it's, you know, music for, you know, to kind of like remind yourself of, you know, our, our purpose, especially religiously, what, what we're here for. Right. Yeah. And now what happens is like my daughter, she's fussing in the car. We'll put that on and she'll stop fussing. Oh, that's great. And so I'm like, there we go. That's it. And so it's like when I was growing up, my mom would, would play a lot of a lot of his stuff, too. And it was, you know, it was kind of a nice a nice thing to now say, hey, you know, daughter, here's here's something I listened to when I was, you know, a little bit a little bit older than you are right now. Um, uh, that's that's awesome, man. We find those connections. You can share that stuff generational to you know to with your family. That's always great. And Nipsey's a big big thing for the podcast. I know we have listeners out there who's freaking out when you said that because they love Nipsey. <laughs> um, and even that, I was having some side conversations about two days ago. We called it a Nipsey day. Mm. Where I was trying to get my stuff back together. I was like, "Yep, yeah, it's time to just you know start my day off, listen to a bunch of Nipsey, and just it's you know his music. You know, if I'm if I'm like partying or you know driving around, that's not the artists I always go to mm-hmm. usually it's the artists I go to when it's time for me to think or it's time for me to like mentally you know like you said get my get my 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 thoughts together yeah get um, your ish together yeah and I know for, my, for me and my as a father you know um what was an artist or a group of people that I, I surprisingly found was the Backyardigans um which <laughs> it's it's a really good show yeah. they had great lyrics yeah. there's so much meaning in their songs yeah. so like my daughter would watch that I've caught myself like sitting there getting all teary eyed like yeah I'm mm. motivated by this and I'm so happy that she's hearing those things so those are, those are great different you know selections for the music of the week man so thank you so much for bringing that to the show um yeah. And we could, we could just say, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I'd, I'd love to hear, you know, from the audience in the future, if anyone actually takes a chance and listens to some of the songs, because they, they get deep, man. He has one, he has one called, um, I want to say it's like, um, like, like something about like offer some tea. And, and it's a story about like, you know, his, his mom is passing away and, you know, he's like, you know, you've been, you've been wonderful for me my whole life. So in these last few moments together, let's, you know, I'll give you some tea and we'll talk about some important things. And it's, man, it's, as a kid, it was always a tearjerker, um, yeah. you know, but years later as an adult, I'm like, God 
like goodness gracious it's it's good <laughs> yes i mean that's that's awesome and anybody out there you know i'm trying to get the discord more active we do have the samurai syndicate discord um and if you guys don't have the link to that it's at samurai.com s-a-m-i-r-y-e.com right on the top menu bar is a discord if you guys have any responses to the music of the week drop them in there i also try to listen to it and share some of the songs that i find that i like in there um so that's cool if you guys are into that or just you know just dm us um also it's a great time i guess to mention you know all your socials so we do have uh charlie ha- at charlie hakeem on instagram right mm-hmm. that's your instagram yeah and, um, and then the other instagram that you have is the at black investors group on instagram is that correct so it's at the black investor group at the you're right at the black investors group yeah. on instagram yes yeah, so you guys go in there man connect with charles send him some messages let him know or if we get together in the discord drop your responses or any favorite songs you guys come across that would be awesome um and the next thing i would ask if we can segue right into that let's just go ahead and do them back to back movie of the week you said you also <laughs> have something for that so what's the movie of the week you're bringing to the show all right so don't um, don't cancel me guys. Uh, no, this is, <laughs> so this is, it's, it's, it's funny because I ended up watching this with my daughter, right? So this is right before we were moving. Um, you know, I was like, yeah, I want to watch something that's, you know, kind of, you know, kind of old school or something, something different, right? Something I hadn't seen or I hadn't seen in a long time. And, you know, I'm going through YouTube shorts and I saw a clip from Rambo. Okay. So, so I went back, I was like, Oh man, I think it's on, you know, whatever streaming service we have. So I found it and I started watching it. And so I'm like holding my daughter, she's like playing with something else. And then the scenes start, you know, you know, popping off. And so she's engaged. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, this is so wrong, but she's, she's (laughs) loving it. She's like, I put my hand over her eye. She's like, she grabs my hand, starts chewing on my finger. Like, don't do that. (laughs) Um, and so, yeah, we ended up watching, and so the wife came to, so we ended up watching Rambo, like one, two and three, pretty much back to back. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, yeah, it was, (laughs) it was a moment. That's awesome. You know, but yeah, no, I mean, and and it was, and it was crazy because I think, you know, when we talk about like film, right. And what, what was important at that time, especially for like, at least in my opinion, the first Rambo, the second ones were a little, the other ones were a little bit more, uh, a little more pop. Um, you know, but for that first one, you know, they were dealing with some really, really tough conversations, you know, but also it was about the story, right? Yeah. Like you don't really like, you know, you, you they introduced Rambo, but you don't really know too much about him, right? Yeah. There's not much setup either, right? It's, it's the movie starts, you get like two or three scenes to kind of set up the movie and then you're right into the film, right? And I think altogether, it's maybe a little over an hour. It's not too much. I'm like films these days. I find that there's there's so much more that everyone wants to pack in, um, and so I'm like, on average, it feels like movies are like two hours. Everything is two hours, if not more. And so it was nice to watch something where it was like, hey, here's a simple story we want to tell, and we can get it done this quickly. I love that. No, that's great, man. Stallone, classic films. You know, classic. I'm a big Rocky guy. Yeah, Rambo 1, 2, and 3. That is, those are awesome selections for movie of the week. And that's not something I would have thought to mention on the podcast. I'm, I'm, I definitely watch Rocky a lot, but now I got to go back and watch Rambo and get back into it. Yeah, that is man. great, man. No, it's, it was so, good. It was good, yeah. 
No, so um, to, before we get too far away from the real estate thing, the one thing I do want to mention is we did have some people from the community send us some messages and have some very specific questions. So these are questions that they had that were on their mind. So I don't know exactly you know what they're asking, but I wanted to make sure I read those questions off to you. And there's, there's two of them, basically. So the, the first one was, do you really need to buy a place off market to get started or can you buy at an asking price? Let me just ask you that question first. So no, that's a great question. Um, so off market deal. So the, 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 the biggest thing, that's why I was kind of like referencing education so much, um, is that a deal is a deal, but it comes down to the numbers, right? Identifying okay. a deal is what makes a difference. So you might be able to find something that's on market, um, and it actually be a deal and the numbers work, but you have to know that the numbers work because even off market, you might find something and think the numbers work and they don't. Generally, it's assumed that if you can go off market, then you might be able to start them at a better price because they weren't necessarily thinking about price as much. You know, so yeah. let's say if, if their house or the same thing was on market for 200000 they might be willing to sell for a lot less, right? If you can identify, you know, what their pain points are or what they need, um, because it might not be price for them. It might be a thing where they just want to, you know, get, you know, they want to get out of the house. Like you you never necessarily know what someone is looking for. And and, and it's not always the biggest number. Um, But again, that's, it's identifying because our, we bought two uh, properties on market, right? So straight off the MLS, um, but so like, I'll, I'll, I'll give a really good example with the, uh, with the duplex, right? So single family house in this neighborhood, uh, we ended up uh, buying it for 260,000, right? A duplex in that neighborhood, same square footage or similar square footage, a duplex in that same neighborhood was going for about 350. Um, and that's not renovated. That's just as is, you know, okay condition, livable. Between three hundred and fifty and four hundred thousand were the comps. So we're looking at those properties like, man, these are great, but not only are they a lot more expensive, but um, they're also there's a lot of competition because everyone wants a duplex, everyone wants to house hack, right? So house hack, you buy a property, you live in one part, and then you rent out the other part so that that property earns income. Right. And that was our goal yeah. too. Right. So it's like, that's what we're going to do. We were trying to do the same thing. And so we, we changed the strategy up. I was like, Hey, in this neighborhood, um, we looked at, we learned about zoning. So my wife had actually gone to a networking event where they had someone talk about zoning in our area. And they were like, you know, if you can find something that has this particular zoning, even if it's a single family, you can turn it into a multifamily. Right. So I'm giving you guys game right now. This is something a lot of people don't know. Right. Okay. So it was like, if you can find something that has that zoning, then you can renovate it, turn it into the property or turn it into that property type. So from a single family to a multifamily without having to go through rezoning, right. Or go through getting a full on variance and and having to change that usage. Right. Oftentimes it's as simple as you know, maybe writing a letter to or communicating with the city to let them know that you're going to do a, a, a use change. Okay. Right? And so, yeah, so what we ended up doing, so now because we're buying it at 260, when we finished renovating it, there was over a hundred thousand, almost $200,000 of equity built into that deal because we were able to renovate it and buy it at the price of a single family instead of a multifamily. So that was a great deal. 
But yeah. if you were looking at it for a single family, that wouldn't have been a good deal because, you know, you, you know, competition for a single family was around 250, 260. You know, so saying. and but that's why the property sat on the market. So we were able to come in and say, hey, we'll we'll give you the price you're asking for. Um and and still turn it into what we needed it to be. So that's the biggest thing is as long as you know your numbers, um, you know how much it costs to renovate. So maybe talk to some contractors, you know, maybe start running through some numbers, maybe start pricing everything out, um, you know, get an idea of what the what the renovation budget is, you know, then you can identify at the other side of it, will will there be enough equity in this deal for it to make sense? That's awesome, man. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. I mean, I know that's a big question there and people are really interested in what you have to say. And, um, you know, I remember when we talked about this last time, we talked about different things with real estate, you know, you sharing so freely information and experiences that you, you know, gained as they're happening. These are, these are tips that are related to right now. It's not reading a book, you know, that has tips on real estate. That's, you know, five really my ten years <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> things that you're actually going through, which is awesome. Um, and the other question to make sure I make sure I hit the their questions. Um, can you buy with an FHA and still rent out properties? Oh yeah. I love that. I love that. So that, um, that duplex, that was an FHA 203K. So it sounds like whoever's asking you this question, um, they might already be doing their research. Um, so we actually did an FHA 203K. So that's a, a renovation style loan. Two things. One, so the pros and cons, I would recommend it, but it's a lot of red tapes, right? So, you know, make sure, you know, you do your research, make sure you you learn as much as you can. But so for us, for example, right? So um, because the renovation budget was over 30,000, it was not a streamlined 203k. So streamlined, generally, it's easier for you to access the, the bank funds to renovate. Because it was as much as it was, we had to get a um, a two, three K consultant. So we had to have a consultant assigned to it. Uh, and that's the person that comes and checks to make sure that the work, uh, at each phase that, you, you know, that's supposed to be done is done. Um, yeah. also we have to get, we have to get a contractor that the city or that the bank approves. So they have to approve it. And then also you have to go through draws, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, what that looks like is, you know, you, get your team together. Once you've figured everything out, then you go through draws, right? So it's like, okay, um, you'll first, you know, get the demo done and maybe you start, you know, the, you, maybe you start the, um, the rough end phase or not, not, not the rough end, but you'll start, um, you know, getting the framing done. And then maybe that's one draw. They'll come out, confirm that the work was done. They'll sign off on, and then the bank will pay, uh, your, contractor. But then also just to keep in mind, there is usually a 10% holdback. So they'll only get 10% of that draw, right? Or excuse me, they won't, not, not 10%. They'll get 10% held back. So they'll get 90% of that draw, right? Okay. Um, but yeah, so we, after we finished renovating that property, um, the plan was to live in one unit and rent the other unit out. So if you're going to rent it out, if, and it's a single family, that's a little bit trickier. Um, you know, I would definitely recommend, you know, reading up on the legalities there because, you know, the point of FHA is for you to live in that home. Um, but <laughs> <and> so <laughs> our first home we actually bought with FHA as well. 
And we lived in it, but we also rented out some of the rooms. So that's oh, another okay. thing you could do where it's like, okay, we can rent out the rooms. Usually they want you to live in there for at least a year. So after that year is up, then you can do whatever you want. You can move out. You know, you can, you know, you can rent it out to, you can rent the whole thing out if you wanted to. Um, in fact, that's, we ended up doing that with our old house. We moved to a new house and we're renting out our old house. I mean, and that's great. I mean, just listening to you, you know, explain things. I, two things to pop out to me. One, you know, those are those are hacks right there, right? There's there's the tip that everyone hears, but then you go further and say, actually, hey, this is some other thing, a little thing you may not have heard in that bullet point that you might see floating out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's super helpful. And the second thing, which I remember from the last time we talked about this in depth, you know, listening to you, and that's what I'm saying to anybody out there who may not recognize this, listening to you talk about real estate, I'm not an expert in real estate. You know, I like talking to people who do all kinds kinds of things. But listening to you, I can tell by the way you explain things so clearly that you really put in the time to do your homework on these things. So like listening, yeah, listening to someone like I'm more experienced with film, I'm more experienced in music and my friends and colleagues I have in those spaces. There's a difference between I can tell, you know, a young person coming in to do a song who doesn't know. And then my veteran friends who really know about that, the way they talk about it, how comfortable they are. And when I listen to you talk about, you know, real estate, it gets me excited because <laughs> you have that same level of interest and passion, which I know then fuels all the education and the research, all the hard work you've done over the years, educating yourselves. And then you're sharing that freely with people, which again is, is so kind and so awesome, which is always hard to find. Something I always love to highlight <laughs> on the podcast. No, thank you. Thank you. And I appreciate that. And, and yeah, it's, and it's experience, right? Um, because we, we, we saw those same bullet points, right? And we're like, oh yeah, let's jump in. Let's do it. It shouldn't be, shouldn't be too crazy. And then the back of your house gets ripped off. Right. And it's like, that's the stuff they don't tell you. Like, you know, how do you, how do you, how do you respond to that? What do you, what are you going to do? Um, you know, we, it, it was nice because one of the lessons that we learned from that experience is that generally with contractors, especially if we're doing a bigger project like that, we we pay on the back end. Yeah. Right. And that was a lesson that we learned from that experience because so that contractor who ran off, who, you know, who didn't finish the work. Right. The one that we ended up having to fire. We never paid him. Right. OK. And yeah. So had we have paid him we might not have been able to get the rest of the project done. And so the reason we didn't pay him one, it was fortunate because we were doing an FHA 203K. It's the bank's money. It's not our money. Right. Okay. So, cause we were trying to pay him. We're like, Oh man, you know, it's like a good, good chunk of change we owe you. And so, um, but fortunately we didn't, what ended up happening was that because, because he did that, and because we had to now deal with the fine and we had to do what's called a make safe. Right. So we had to, so they, um, when they, when they, when they make you do a make safe, they basically stamp the building as unsafe and, okay. you know, you're not supposed to do anything, but re- fix the, the, the unsafeness. You're supposed to make it safe. Um, you know, and so we ended up having to find someone else. Um, we, we're still having to, 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 you know, to pay, you know, so there's still holding costs associated with that. Right. Fortunately for us, we wrapped a bunch of those holding costs into, the, the loan, which is something that you can do. I would also, I would always recommend wrapping in at least an additional three months. So sometimes they'll give you three months. I would say, take that to six, which helped us a lot. <laughs> um, you know, so you can wrap the, the holding costs in. So we did that. Um, and at the end of the day, when he reached out to say, Hey, you know, I, you know, my money this that and third, well, I said to him, you know, sure, you know, you can get your money back, but, um, 
you also actually owe me 25,000. So, you know, go ahead and reconcile the amount that I owe you from that and then send me what you owe me. Never heard from him again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it was like, but that, but you know, but it was like, you know, we ended up having to use, so I had put a bunch of money away in contingency. So that's another huge thing. Learn about contingencies, make sure you have one for any deal you do, leave some space. Um, one of my, one of my mentors, he said to, to me, what he does is he'll put 10% on each line item. And then at the end, he'll put 10% on the entire budget, right? So for yeah. everything. So for framing, he'll add 10% for electrical, he'll add 10% for plumbing. And then at the end, once he has, you know, a price where there's 10% on everything, then he'll add another 10% on top of that. Oh, right? Okay. And so, cause the idea is, and he was like, you know, in, in his, you know, 15, 20 years doing this, he was like, he was like, man, I can't tell you how many projects I've come across where another investor or a newer investor ran out of money and couldn't finish the project because they under budget everything. Right. Yeah. When you're new, you just want everything to work. Yeah. And so you'll want it to work whether it works or not. <laughs> and so the problem there is that now something that, you know, is going to cost a hundred thousand, you're like, Oh, I can get it done for 80. No, you can't. You know, something that costs yeah. 50, you're like, Oh, I can get it done for 20. No, you can't unless you're performing magic. Yeah, exactly. You know, you, unless, where are you going to, and then, but it becomes either you pull this out of somewhere else, which means your own money, or you can try to find someone who's willing to lend you that money, you know, or you just have to walk away and sell it. And we, and we've seen, we've seen, I've seen a lot of that where we had a project we walked through last, to, you know, the end of last year, we were really interested in, um, and the investor who owned it, he was trying to just, you know, just, you know, turn around and sell it. He started doing the demo and everything. Well, when we looked at it, we realized that he would probably, so this is located in Philadelphia. So the basement, um, like the, 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 the base floor was like sagging a little bit. Yeah. And so the basement clearance was only in certain areas, it was like five ten. So if anyone is taller than that, they're not going to be able to comfortably walk around in the basement. Yeah. And so if you wanted to dig the basement and dig down and increase the, the ceiling height, if you're doing it with permits, that's going to be a lot of money. When I say a lot of money, just to lower the floor and get everything at a decent height so that it's, it's usable square footage, it was going to be thirty to forty thousand dollars just for that. Oh wow! Yeah, wow. Just for and nothing. So this is while the house is still in shambles. You're going to put thirty thousand just to make the basement bigger. Yeah. And so he tried to sell. And so me having experience, I'm like, no, this is not. <laughs> this is not a good deal. And yeah. you know, I think he ended up having to sell it for way under. So he lost money on that. You know, he bought it for a price. He didn't do his due diligence and he ended up, you know, losing money, having to resell it to somebody else who came in. Um, but yeah, that's the stuff you want to avoid if you came on your first deal. 
Nah, man. I mean, this is, you know, when we talk, we could we could talk for hours, man. I want to wrap it up here. I want to respect your time. And I also want to keep it, you know, to a good length for the listeners. But this is why I'm telling everybody, you know, follow Charles, hit up his socials. If you need any information, you get in contact with him. I'll put it all in the description. If you guys can't find it, you'll reach out to me. And um, yeah, I can talk to you for hours, man. I mean, we, we, hopefully we get a chance to do this again. Sure. I know you're into audio video. Um, so definitely, I you know, if you ever have interest, like I mentioned always on the podcast commercial I did for, you know, Anchor, I think everyone should do a podcast. You, you're so great. Like, I love your social content. We didn't even get into that. That could be like a whole other hour conversation <laughs> of your social media stuff. Thank um, you. But yeah, I would love it, man. I think people really benefit from it. Uh, you have great energy and the way you explain things, I think, you know, it makes me feel like I can understand it, right? It makes me feel like I can go do it. And I think that's really where your great content creators come from. Um, so if you have anything for me, go ahead. If you have anything else you want to say, go ahead, man. But I just want to say thank you so much for doing the 100th episode with me. It really means a lot to me. And I will, I will always appreciate this. Yeah, man. No, I, man, I, your words mean a lot. Um, you know, and I appreciate that you're, you know, you're vulnerable enough with me to say that sometimes people are like, Oh man, no, you're, you know, you're, you're a nice guy and that's really it. But you know, to actually go, (laughs) to go deeper, man, I really appreciate that. It means a lot. Um, you know, like we said, we've known each other. We did it again. Thank you for making it to the after show with Samurai. Just relax, take a little stretch, let your hair down. This is this is the Easter egg. You know, if anyone makes it an hour into this podcast and sticks around for the after show after a little jazz music plays, you've you you've won. This is the end credits right here, right? It's like the post credit. This is the post credit scene, right? We're gonna tease the next movie we're gonna put out in this podcast universe we've created, right? Uh, I saw Ant-Man. We're going to see that next week. But yeah, thank you guys so much for uh, <laughs> hanging out this week. Um, yeah, if you made it this far, you know, I don't know. It's it's kind of crazy. I don't think um, when I first started doing the podcast, I remember just hoping I could maybe get 10 episodes done, get, you know, just the whole thing going and being consistent with it. And one of the biggest things that doing the podcast has been able to teach me is consistency. And I'm very proud of that. I'm very proud of that accomplishment. And I'm going to keep going doing that. Um, And it's been transformative. You know, having everyone in my life around that has supported me and made room and understand me doing the podcast, it isn't always easy. You know, there's there's scheduling things, stuff like that that you have to do when you have a family. Um, And then just, you know, time you have to put away from yourself and your friends to just always get something done. It's been great. And it's been great to be able to do something on my own um, obviously I have a support in my community and my friends, you guys are all awesome, but you know, being responsible, doing something, editing it, you know, getting out every week, finding something to talk about, coming up with topics. Um, there's, you know, there's all the, the process that goes into it. And, um, and also still, you know, given it's kind of been a North star for me to do my other endeavors, my drawing, my writing, all the things I'm doing. I'm still currently working on a music video. Um, but lots of different stuff I like to do, but the podcast is always like my North star. It says, you know, every week. This is going on. There's never been a month, I guess you would say, where like a whole month went by and I could say I did nothing. I always did at least four episodes of the podcast. Um, and there's things that, you know, have to go into that. So it's been a great routine to have on my own. It obviously, was something I did, you know, I believe mainly during COVID. I don't know if this is one of those COVID podcasts. Um, it might be. I guess you I guess you would consider this a COVID podcast. It, 
it wasn't it got birthed before that, but you know it just that probably helped it get started and I, and hopefully for everyone, you guys have had some kind of you know habits that have been created from that experience, the stay at home experience if you work from home. Um, all those things, you know, I think it's been a great time for people to step back. I'm talking to people recently. I know that, you know, if you're out there listening, you know, are about to go into a period of time where they're going to get more time to themselves and stuff like that. I think that's good. I think that's a really good thing. You'll sit back and reset. As adults, you, you go into life and then you don't get a lot of chances to stop. You know, you have to work, you have to pay your bills. Um, and I think it's a really rare thing as an adult. When you're a kid, you have summer break, you have Christmas you know, break, you have a few weeks off here or there, a few months here or there. Um, and then that never happens to you again the rest of your life unless, you know, something unfortunate usually happens. It's not usually a fortunate thing that you can't go to work anymore. Um, so if you have one of those periods or you come into a stay-at-home job or something like that, take advantage of it. If you have downtime at your job, you go into the office or you go into a warehouse or wherever you might work, you know, and you find there's some downtime there, take advantage of that. I remember when I was a security guard, I was going to work. There was a lot of downtime in that. We got a lot of stuff done um, just sitting at a desk with a laptop or, you know, with a notebook pad, you know, I used to work at a movie theater and ripping tickets. I used to take, um, I would take the sheets that would tell us where the movies were and on the back of the sheets, I'd write lyrics and then those lyrics became songs. You know, we did over a hundred, a hundred rap songs when I used to do hip hop music, you know, primarily with my friends and stuff when we were younger. And that's how we would take advantage of those little downtimes and, and find other ways to be productive and get things done. I feel like in life, you know, we have a lot of responsibilities, but you got to take time for yourself. You got to do things for yourself, do things to make you happy, do things to make you feel proud and accomplished. Um, I had a really cool conversation with a writer this week from um, the Apple TV show. And this is something that I didn't expect to bump into. And just like that, you know, things can twist and change so quickly for someone. And, you know, you're you're going about your week and then opportunity might pop up. You know, even if it's this opportunity to meet a nice person and have a, a nice conversation with a like-minded person. You know, and, and not everything has to be like some big break. I'm not talking about it like that. But, you know, these cool things show up where this person, you know, when I introduced myself, I could say, hey, I'm Sammy Rye and um, this is what I do. And, you know, I Googled them and they probably Googled me. And if they found nothing else, they see that I have a show. I have a, I have a, a podcast that I do. I have other things I put out online, you know, and that's something that is cool to have something that I can, you know, look to and have a conversation with these other people and, you know, see where that kind of stuff goes. So thank you guys so much. It's a big part, you know, you guys responding to the messages, participating in the Discord, you know, the questions you guys ask. Um, that really, you know, inspires me. When I think about an episode, I think about the fact that someone, even if it's just one person, may listen to this episode at some point, And I want to put my best into it that I can. And hopefully I do that every week. So I'm going to wrap it up. Keep it a short after show this week. You guys have stuck in this long. If anyone made it this far, congratulations. You know, you win. <laughs> you win my... My eternal gratitude. That is my only gift I can give to you. And um, it's real, right? So you guys are awesome. Take care. I'm Samurai. Peace.